Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. I think I started a little early, but okay. <laughs> Go bring us in, Phil. Can you fucking believe it? Yay. We're back. Yay. Um, okay. It hasn't been like two months. I know, right? I was looking at the dates on the on the files yeah. on iTunes. Oh. I'm like, we were doing these once a month, and then we completely skipped. Um, like four March. months. <laughs> uh, no, we were <laughs> we were okay with once a month there for a while, but we <laughs> it was. I think we completely skipped um, March because mm. there was no three there. Oh. It's like Jesus Christ. We're, okay, we're uh, not kind to our listeners. No, I know. Okay, or maybe we are. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can look at it that way. Okay, but we're gonna. We've been sitting here talking before we started recording, and we're gonna definitely try and up our game here a little bit. So Indeed. be prepared. To get a lot more of us in your ear holes. <laughs> Fair enough, sir. Okay. So, let's start this sucker off. Can we start with the big guns? Yes, let's do it. All right. So, last time was our summer movie preview. We'll talk about some of the summer movies we've seen. There we go. Amos has one. I've got a couple. Um, let's see. I talked a little bit about Great Gatsby, and I don't know, um, on the summer movie preview, because I had seen it then. Right. Um, just to reiterate, I did enjoy the picture. Um, there were pieces of it that I don't know that they worked entirely. More specifically, like, like Joel Edgerton. <laughs> I, 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 he was a, a little too over the top. You oh, know, in a Baz Luhrmann movie? What? Well, I don't know. It just it it didn't entirely work as the villain kind of thing, but um, you know I I think uh, it served that story well. And you know I I had a couple people, most notably my brother, um, who hated it. Oh my well, god. Well, yeah, but I think I think he hates it because he's so attached to the story. Oh, you, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald's yeah. like his dude. That's like his favorite thing ever. Uh-huh. And for me, you know, I read like. Most people, I think, I read this book in, you know, whatever, 8th or ninth grade, yeah, yeah. and that was the only interaction I've ever had with it. Right. So I didn't quite have any attachment to any other version um, or even the, the book. So, right. you know, I enjoyed it. I think um, I went in there kind of girding myself for Moulin Rouge or something, because right. every review was like, oh, he goes so far over the top. Oh, my God. And I was like, whoa, this is like... But didn't you say it was fairly calm for, for Baz Luhrmann? For Baz Luhrmann, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not Romeo and Juliet. It's not Moulin Rouge. It's much closer to, um, to uh, like, Australia, where it's right. a very toned-down Baz. Huh. But there, it's, it's weird, and I don't know why he does this, and I was thinking about it. Every one of Baz Luhrmann's movies, mm-hmm. the opening 20, like 20 or 30 minutes is off-putting. Yeah, and I'm not sure right. Well, they're they're assaultive. Oh, like, like shoving the movie at you right in your face or right. something. Right. I mean, think about the openings, uh, the opening of Moulin Rouge, where it's it's that those weird sequences of him and the and those uh, those artists doing the Sound of Music strangely at weird angles and sped up and yeah. you know all this weird stuff to like throw you a little off kilter. And then the they go to the Moulin Rouge and it's so much, you know, yeah. can can sequence and uh, here we are now entertain us all this stuff. It's so much, and then it like settles into much uh, I went, a set of, a, a, a like a story. And all of his movies do that. Even Australia, the the like first twenty minutes or so, 
you get some weird sped up footage and I know, you know, I never saw Australia. I never really had much interest in it. I I enjoy it, but I would. Um Well, it's got Nicole Kidman in it. Exactly. How could you know? It's a Basler moon and it's set in Australia. It's I mean, like come a on. Troika. Right. Um It's a triple threat. But uh but yeah, it's, uh, the there's this weird thing where he he wants to like push you out of your comfort zone and then bring you back into the story. I wonder if that's that is what he's doing. Is like he's he's saying we're gonna hit you over the head with this, so you're not you you don't your expectations or something are gonna be gone, mm. and then then we'll go into this movie with you having this quote unquote sort of open mind or something. I'm not sure. It's but, weird that but he would do that a, though. A thing with him. Yeah, it's it seems kind of weird that that would be a strategy to use in movies, but I you know whatever. If it works, it works, man. I guess so. It's by far his biggest movie. I think I'm being proved right that. Rick Gatsby is maybe the sleeper. Oh, the, the sleeper hit of the summer. Mm-hmm. It may well, it may very well be. I, I'm not super interested in it myself, but you know, a lot of people evidently are. And clearly, sir. Alrighty then. So, but yeah, that, uh, for me, great movie, um, great soundtrack too. I like immediately went out and bought it. Oh yeah. Um, is that what was playing on the car in the car? Yeah, on the way over here. Uh huh. It was. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> Um, so moving on, since I had previously talked about that, um, I did see Star Trek Into Darkness. Woohoo! Woohoo not. <laughs> not woohoo. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I haven't know. seen this one, by the way, just in case you get anybody's wondering, so. <laughs> it's funny, the yeah, big... That was a woohoo of excitement, right? right. You're yeah, excited yeah. to see it. I want to see it. I but... was, I, I don't know. Like, I was a little bit on the fence, just because the first one, first one was okay. Right. Like, but I, but I wasn't quite on board, so I was looking for this movie to put me on board. Sure. And, um, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> and, and I was telling you upstairs, I think it's an element of ego. Yeah, I, you didn't really Abrams... explain that, but, like, too much. You said, what you said is that he's gonna, he goes in saying, I'm gonna top the best of the best Star Trek that there ever was. Right. I'm gonna do it better. Correct. Okay. Because the, I mean, the the movie is, as I read in another review, a conversation with the original second Star Trek movie, The Wrath of Khan. Right. So it's, it's uh, they're, they're telling a similar story. Mm-hmm. Um, not too similar, but the, it's similar subject matter with the same characters. And that's, I don't know that that's much of a spoiler. I think most I everybody think so, knows that that's who he is. Um but for me, it just falls flat because the comparisons are not kind. Really? Because now I'm not saying that I don't believe you, but I would think that they would be. I would think, you know, hey, J.J. Abrams has proved that he can take something and make it exciting and make it good and all this stuff. And so I would think that oh, okay, you know, he could take this story and do it well. I would have thought. Well, yeah, that that would be my suspicion too. But he can't top it. Mm. You know, he tries to top it with. Special effects, engorgement, right. sure. and that's not that story. Like the, it's the really first not. story was like, you know, some World War II U-boat story. You know, it's just these two guys in a death match out yeah, in space. Totally. And this one deletes all of that tension. You know, it, hmm. it's all over the place, and I'm sure it's very wired up. And you mm-hmm. know, it's you know, <laughs> did he call I, the lens flare down? <laughs> Uh, no. No? Um, really? Uh, maybe a little bit, but it's still That's there. the look he's going for, huh? It, it certainly is. <laughs> I'll be, I'll say, I'll be glad to see him moving on to Star Wars. 
That's I've heard that from people too. Because I, I I don't know. Like watching these two movies, like it seems like he kind of has a chip on his shoulder about the series, like about Star Trek, right? Like, like I can do this better, kind of right? Thing. Like, like this has been done so bad previously. <laughs> I'm gonna and come I'm in gonna and finally come in and give you something that's good and that's Star Trek, which has never been done before, which is utter crap. Well, it's know? it's it's kind of if that's his attitude, which it may, may very well be. I uh-huh. don't know, but it seems like kind of an odd way to do it because. People, whether or not you can objectively say mm. Star Trek was good or bad, uh-huh. which, who know, I mean, to some people it's great, to some people it sucks, but um, people love it, you know? I mean, it, whether or not it's quote-unquote good or whatever, <laughs> people still love it. Uh-huh. I mean, look at the, just as an example, me and you have watched Star Trek five like, six times, because <laughs> it is so hilariously bad. Correct. And so it's sort of like, it doesn't matter what people what what the reasons are. People yeah. watch them. If if people like them, whatever, fine. You know, you don't <laughs> you can't just say, okay, well, objectively now this is better. Uh huh. You know, no, no matter who does it. Uh-huh. No, and I don't know. So I'll I'll go a little. I mean, the characters are so off, and I realize there's a reason for them to be off because they're they're on a different course in life. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But there's like some for some of them, there's just no similarity to the original characters. Correct to the really? characters they're supposed to be. Like who? Um, I'm just curious because Uhura. really, I think Nichelle Nichols. It was always cool, like jazzy, calm. Ooh. You know, uh-huh. like she was. She was just a, a hip chick out in space. Like, <laughs> right. hey baby, you know, like, <laughs> right? You got a hailing frequency. You know, like she was <laughs> right. just cool. Yeah. And Zoe Saldana plays her with so much fire. Oh, okay. That it's just like, what the, f- like, where's not the, really... where's Uhura? Where's yeah. the cool Uhura? Right, gotcha. Um, and Kinto, or Quinto, however the fuck you say his name, um, his Spock just, it's not right. It's like, it... he wants to play it too much. So, yeah. so the, the things that, that, uh, you know. Nimoy always brought kind of a playfulness and and maybe but but it was always you know under that sheen of no emotion right right um where 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 I don't know how do you say it like uh, Quinto always wants you to see the roiling underneath yeah, yeah, yeah. the calm facade oh sure know? yeah I totally like get he that he wants to play it too much I, I don't know I how, see what you're it, saying and I agree with you because even in the first one. He wanted you to know that there was all this emotion down that's just suppressed down inside of him. Right. Whereas, in the with with Leonard Nimoy, it just seemed like there really wasn't that that wasn't really there. Right. You know, it, but in this one, it's just real suppressed. Uh huh. And I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. Yeah. Because you know, it's like, ooh, they made Spock get mad in the first <laughs> one. It's like, oh my god, you know. It's like, no, that's not what you really do. I mean, yeah. I know it was supposed to be a twist or a. You know, uh, like a, a new thing or whatever, but you don't really do that. Yeah. I mean, because that's not the character. Uh huh. John Cho is the only one probably doing like a straight, you know, yeah, Sulu impersonation kind of thing, and it, it <laughs> oh worked. My. Probably, you know, works pretty well. Ah, poor Anton Yelchin. Like, like <laughs> I've read a few reviews that were like. You know, his accent is so bad that, like, you wish for Walter Koenig every right. once in a while. That's funny. And Anton Yelchin, like, you'd think he'd just be like, what did, what did dad sound like? Or what did grandpa sound like? Because he's a, you know... He's he's, fr- he's a Russian guy. Right. Or 
from descended from Russian guys. Uh-huh. Totally. You know, I, I, yeah, poor guy. I mean, that's kind of a no-win situation right there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and I, um, don't, I don't know. Like, like so many of these, they were, they had. I liked Carl Urban. Yeah. But, I mean, they the, the original guys had 30 or 40 years to just, like, get comfortable in these characters. Well, yeah. They, and, and that's. And so they could play him so easy. And so sometimes that's like, like, I think the people who do the best at like, like echoing the character from the original yeah. are, um, John Cho, Simon Pegg. Yeah. And probably Chris Pond. Really? I, I, I can like, I don't know. Like I can see what Chris, the echoes of Shatner right. in, in Chris Pine's performance, kind of like playing Kirk. Without all the things that made, you know, Kirk be, yeah, end yeah. up who he actually was in the other series, right? So kind of this untethered, crazy ego, right? Right. And so well, I, I actually, I, I, I actually like Chris Pine. I, mm-hmm. It was funny because when I first, when he was first kind of around, yeah, I was like, I don't know about this guy. You know, I, just another He's one such of a these big head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But like, I was just, I was not, I was ready to really dislike him. But to be honest with you, I actually do like him. I think he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he was. He's uh he was good in um I mean he was good in Star Trek I thought uh-huh. um kind of this real cocky you know egotistical you know I'm the mm-hmm. coolest guy in the world kind of thing um and then he was I know you're gonna laugh about this but he was actually pretty good in Unstoppable yeah sure you know he was you know no, no, there was I not agree. a lot to do in that movie really right but he did pretty well with what he what was there yep I don't know um and I don't want to spend too much time on it but I guess I already have mm-hmm. um. But it's just, they tried, and to, to go back to it, you know, some of the things they do in the second Star Trek, they do in this movie just uh-huh. differently. Sure. And I don't want to say what that is. Okay. But um, the reason those those scenes in the original had so much resonance uh-huh. was because you had a backstory. You'd been right. with these characters forever. Sure. And now... When you're trying something similar on your second movie with these guys, you can't get that emotion out. Sure, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, it's it's kind of a it's it's a it's a risky uh, story to tell as your as your second big Star Trek you know reboot mm-hmm. picture um, because it's so like iconic, I guess you could say, yeah. in the Star Trek universe. Right. And if you miss on it. It's a pretty big miss, you know. If you hit on it, I think it would have been great. But yeah. it doesn't sound like it. Sounds like it fell somewhere in the middle. It from, did, based I on mean, what you're saying. You know, I don't. And you know, how to how to <laughs> explain? Like, and I, in some ways, I, like we were talking about Total Recall, and we have on here on the on the on the thing before. It's like you know, Brian Cranston is great, but it just doesn't compare to kind of the movie villain that yeah, Ronnie yeah. Cox created. You know, he yeah. was it was over the top in such a great way. He became yeah. a really great movie villain. Sure. And That's such funny. is just... the same here. Because okay. Cumberbatch is good. Cumberbatch is doing his thing and probably and certainly better than Brian Cranston in the new Total Recall. <laughs> Cumberbatch is doing his thing. Um it can't match the the movie villain, you know, right. cartoonishness sure, of that, Ricardo. Monto, that Ricardo Montalban brought to the character. Well, nobody can match Ricardo Montalban. You know, I mean, there, there's, there's... I get what you're saying. none of that, you know, from hell's heart. Right. I stop. That bombastic, yeah, you know... Yeah. 
the, the pikes from hell on the 60 year old. Oh, I know, old, right? You know, you need to... That is so weird. I mean, anytime <laughs> I see that movie, I'm like, that guy's like 60. What the hell? <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch, and if anybody get, or gets a chance, watch his Sherlock series. On, on, I've heard that's really good. Um, it's really good, and he's really good. It's just the comparison that's sure. off. Well, and it's hard because a lot. Some people would say, "Well, don't compare it. Just take it for just what it is." And it's like I get that, but you kind of have to. I mean, it's it's. There's if no way not to really. You're, you're you're taking on a character that has, uh, um, you know, a stature in this universe, sure. and you are talking in this universe. Yeah, it's hard not to compare. Totally, I would. I yeah, you can't not do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, really. Um, I just, you know, with me, I, I thought Star Trek was enjoyable, the first one. Mm. It was fun, yeah. you know? And I really did like some of the supporting cast. It was I really, a good way to I get, the, Simon Pegg. get the uh, juices flowing, to introduce, your, to introduce your characters and to set their universe, their new universe, in motion. Totally. I think they did that all right. Now, it just seems to me odd that they would take that step back and, and borrow characters sure. from, from the old version right right well they're gonna keep going on these movies do you um do you know who the next one's gonna be has it have they even said what oh, um we're having attacks over here or something <laughs> um you know have they even said because it's not gonna be jj abrams again right no, so do you i haven't know, even gotten to that point, I, point i didn't think so but i think that uh, i think uh, Abrams will certainly uh, Abrams is leaving and I believe his team is leaving so the screen uh, Robert Roberto or Orchi Alex Kurtzman all those mm -hmm. people who have written these last two will just yeah it'll be just a whole new him. set of people yeah I'm, I was just thinking about that the other day and I'm thinking okay if it was me if I was like the studio and I have this Star Trek franchise it's bringing in all this money and mm -hmm. I mean it is whether or not people are like super happy with the second one, either way, it's still going to make a boatload of money. Yeah. So it's like, who do you get to to replace J.J. Abrams? I uh, I will just say this: I don't really care who they get. I hope he has a little more respect for mm -hmm. the series. Uh, for I was reading an article. In fact, I, I think I posted it on my Facebook that J.J. Um, Abrams kind of took this job as a cash register, wow. and the reason he so quickly left. Is because he had so much so much trouble with turning it into a bank because of weird things, you know, like um, uh, action figures. You uh -huh. could they could never get action figures to work because they couldn't get because Paramount owns the TV, the 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 shows or I mean the the movies, mm -hmm. but CBS owns the shows right. and the rights to make action figures so they asked cbs you know hey can you stop making those old action figures so we can make our new ones and they said fuck you <laughs> um, i didn't know that yeah huh. so he could never get merchandising off the ground all these mm -hmm. things he wanted to turn into a money-making empire yeah he could never the, the rights were too spread out well the, you know that's funny that you mentioned that because now that i'm thinking about it you really don't see too much star trek new star trek merchandise mm -hmm. i mean you know obviously star wars is the one that really got that um, going and they, they continue to, but I haven't really seen much new Star Trek stuff, even shirts or hats or anything. Yeah. Nothing like that seems to be out there, really. I mean, there's some. You go to Toys I mean, how often did either of us go to <laughs> Toys R Us? Right. But the last time I went, they had a couple things. But just not very much. 
Right. And then there's like two two whole Star Wars. Uh, but there, idols. you can still find you know Shatner looking Star Trek <laughs> yeah. action figures too. So yeah. that was I think the confusion. You know, yeah, yeah. are people going to go in there? I want Chris Pine. No, I want. Shatter, you know? <laughs> yeah it's like whatever you know what little kids i don't know <laughs> that, you know exactly um so yeah i mean i don't know like i said i still would like to see it and i it sounds to me like maybe because of the fact i think we we i think this happened when when the first star trek the first new star trek came out is that i wasn't as big of a fan of star trek as you are yeah so i just sort of went well okay whatever mm-hmm. you know if i like the movie if it's a fun movie or whatever good enough you know, whereas you were a little, looking a little harder at it, I guess, or something. Well, I let's just say I have higher expectations of it. Yeah. I um I do I did enjoy seeing Peter Weller. I love Peter Weller. Who um, doesn't? Huh? Who doesn't, man? <laughs> but he's, so, a, he's the voice of the new uh, in that Batman animated, um, the Dark Knight Returns, uh-huh. which I've watched the first half of, which was really good, and it's amazing to me that they they made it that way. It's just animated. But it holds really true to the book. It's crazy. <laughs> but he's the voice of Batman in that. So. <laughs> I love Peter Weller. And it was good to see him in a big picture again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just had problems. Well, fair enough. I mean, not everything can be a home run, I suppose. Well, <laughs> Even I, if it is I, J.J. Abrams. I, so. I, I don't doubt that this will be a home run for a lot of people. It just wasn't for me. Fair enough. Now, did you want to talk about yours? Yes. Okay. So now my big one. Now, this is funny because you saw a big one. I saw a big one, but neither of the other people saw it. So <laughs> kind of going to be a lopsided conversation here. But so I saw Iron Man Trace. Ooh. Um, these, Pepper Potts. <laughs> Pepper Potts Return. It was actually, um, I'll get to it in a minute. There was actually a very cool scene with her. I don't really like Gwyneth. I know. As so few did. people really do, I think. I think so. But, um, so, okay, I went to see this movie in 3D, which I told you earlier. I have found that 3D, I, I'm not really down with 3D, I guess. Because, to me, in this movie especially, it was very distracting to me. Huh. Like, I was watching the 3D, I wasn't watching the movie. Yeah. You know? And so that was kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, me, I just don't like paying the extra three bucks. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know. I figure it's the same movie with or without it. Yeah, and you know, I won't say that the 3D in this movie was bad. It just, I just, I'm, I think I'm over it with 3D, you know. So. Well, I remember we saw uh, Tron Legacy in 3D and you didn't appreciate that too much either. Not really. I didn't think the 3D in that was, there was, it didn't seem like there was very much 3D in that. Um, I was looking for more, I think. And yeah. in this one, maybe I was looking for a little less. <laughs> so this one was like mounds and mounds and mounds of 3D, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, you definitely could tell that the tone was a lot different mm-hmm. than in the previous two. Sure. Because, you know, it's Shane Black and it's a little darker. Um, it's definitely the darkest of the Iron Men. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's kind of interesting because... Um, <clears throat> Tony Stark is sort of going through this like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder uh-huh. um, after the after, Avengers. After the Avengers, yeah, and so that was kind of interesting actually because it it really kind of drove home that hey, this really is just a guy. Yeah, you know, he does have this cool suit and all this stuff, but he's still just a guy. So he's kind of freaking out about that, and um, it's sort of it's a recurring thing in the movie and. It's funny because I know why it's there to show him as this human guy, right? Yeah. And it's effective in that, but it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere. 
He just has these panic attacks every so often. And it's doesn't no, nothing really comes of it. So it was kind of like, well, okay, I know why it's there and I don't disagree with it, but didn't really pay off in any <laughs> yeah. way. Um, it, like I said, it's definitely the darkest of the Iron Mans. And um, in the movie, in this movie, he's made all these Iron Man suits. Uh-huh. And he's kind of having this, like, at the beginning, he's sort of somewhat having this little bit of a breakdown due to the Avengers stuff. Um, and him and Pepper Potts are, like, you know, together, but they're kind of getting in fights about it because mm-hmm. he's she's saying he's being obsessed about his Iron Man suits and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then there's the Mandarin, who is a terrorist, who's blowing up, who's setting off bombs... But they can never figure out how he's getting the bombs into where he's blowing shit up. Okay. Okay. So it turned now this isn't really a spoiler because they show this in like the first ten minutes of the movie. So it's not really a spoiler, but it's um there's this like serum that somebody had come up with. I don't think it was Tony Stark, but it's like it can regrow limbs. Like you get injected with it, like uh-huh. you know, you get your leg blown off in Iraq grows your limbs back sure but it's super unstable so if you get if your body can't handle it you like explode oh. or you have this super high emotional reaction to something uh-huh. you will maybe explode oh good yeah and it's yeah but it's, <laughs> so it's like you know sounds useful right and then so there's this bad the, the mandarin the bad guy is sending these people in that he has shot full of this stuff and bombing them bombing places that way because you know you know you won't see a bomb coming in that way right right so it's a you know um and uh what's his name is the plays the bad guy uh well there's two bad guys really there's the mandarin ben kingsley uh-huh. who is fucking fantastic and it's, i love this i love him as the mandarin um and um then um what's his name uh guy pierce yeah he's the other bad he's like the uh inventor of this shit right um, yeah, that's right. Because he tries to get it, to, he tries to like sell it to Tony Stark or something, but he doesn't, he's not interested. So yeah, you know, and then, um, machinations ensue. There's this very cool scene where, um, the Mandarin and his bad guys or whoever, the bad guys come and blow up Tony Stark's house. And that's the scene with Pepper Potts. That's very cool because he like, he commands the, the Iron Man suit to go to, to, Attack, you know, to get on, to put together itself on her uh-huh. to protect her from it, and so she's using that, trying to use an Iron Man suit, and it's very kind of funny. <laughs> so you know, I actually really I did enjoy this movie. It's definitely tonally way different yeah. than the first two. Um, the direction isn't quite as polished. Um, well, Shane Black had never done a movie of this size. That's for sure. It was good. I would say I would say it was the direction was good, but you can definitely. The way I heard it described, which hit it right in the head, was something like, compared it to um, John Favreau's direction, which, I don't remember even where I read this, but was more polished, yet a little bit duller, or like not quite as, not duller, but like, it was more polished, but a little more, quote unquote, kind of like, generic almost. Yeah. And this one has that very cool sequence that you see part of in the trailer, where they he's rescuing all the people that are falling out of the plane. Yeah. And he has all the, there's at the end, there's this big, huge sequence with all of his Iron Man suits kind of on autopilot, um, fighting the bad guys, you know, and sure. he has like 30 of them. And so there's like all these suits flying around and fighting and stuff. It's pretty cool. And then there was this one, <laughs> there's this one scene that you can totally tell is Shane Black. Oh my God. Um, there, at one point, Tony Stark 
has to try and fix his Iron Man suit, but he's out in the sticks. Like, he can't get back to wherever he, L.A. or wherever it is. Uh-huh. And so he he finds his garage where he's going to go in. He just kind of sneaks in his garage and says, there's this kid that lives at the house that comes in mm-hmm. and he wants to help him. Um, the kid wants to help Tony Stark. And the kids, it's a very weird thing because you'd think the, they would not use the old device of having the kid there, you know. It's like, uh, but he, the kid says, Oh, yeah, because um, uh, Tony Stark asks him, he says, well, who's home right now or something like that? And he goes, well, my mom's at work. My dad went out to get scratch tickets, um, and he must have won because he never came back. <laughs> and then, but then, okay, then normally you'd kind of go, oh. But what he does, Tony Stark says, well, you know, that's what happens sometimes. Dad leaves. There's no, there's no, there's no reason to go around being a pussy about it. To the kid. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, thanks, Shane Black. <laughs> he tells the kid there's no need to be a pussy about it. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Um, you know, so it was enjoyable. I, I didn't like it maybe quite as much as I thought I would almost. Because part of the problem is, and, and I've read this in reviews saying, ooh, it's a bold move, mm. is that he's not Iron Man hardly at all in this movie. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I get what they're trying to do with that. But at the same time, it is Iron Man. <laughs> you know it's not called tony stark man right yeah no he's hardly ever iron man in this movie yeah and i'm like oh you know i get it and it's trying to be a little more adult and be a little more of a like a story you know but it's like you still want it to be iron man <laughs> you know and there is a huge spoiler that i haven't told you that i'm not going to tell on the podcast but it's fantastic oh I my goodness love it I love it. It was the greatest. Um, Involving El Mandarino. Oh. Yeah. But it is, I I will say, it's worth watching this movie for that one scene alone. It is so good. Okay. Um, So, yes. I would recommend this movie. Um, It's funny, though, because the second half of the movie, especially, Mm -hmm. the whole movie does feel this way, but the second half especially almost feels like kind of a reboot of the Iron Man franchise right it it really does huh. it's like it start he, he blow at the end and this is kind of a little bit of a spoiler not really he blows up all his suits mm. his house is all blown up and so it's kind of like he's starting over so that's kind of like this reboot you know and i was i was thinking that's an interesting that's an interesting way to go with it you know <laughs> something for joss to deal with i guess so yeah right like <laughs> yeah, yeah you're telling that story about how they were doing an interview with shane black about well, how's this going to fit into the the Avengers? Well, that's Joss Whedon's problem, not mine. Exactly. That was like, okay, that's, that sounds like something Shane Black would say. <laughs> you know? So, I, like I said, I recommend it. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I think that I might like it a little bit more on a second viewing when it's not 3D because it was so distracting. Right. Because the whole movie is really heavy 3D. Yeah. Um, uh, it doesn't, you know, some movies that like in 3D, you'll see scenes where you're not so much. It's kind yeah. of like more straightforward. Uh-huh. But this one, the whole movie, very 3D. Yeah. <laughs> 3D-ish. 3D-ishness. Um, so it was a little distracting. Yeah. And plus with me, since I wear glasses, you got to put the glasses over your glasses and it's always know, falling it's, off. It's, and it's, it's very annoying. <laughs> I think that they'd have That's some... why, I mean, uh, in, in addition to the price, I just find the 3D experience like, it doesn't enhance the movie for no, me. It does. I, I, I'm just not into that gimmick. Yeah. So I just go. I would much rather be it actually be an entertaining movie. Yeah. Than to be have it be in great three. Right, right, 3D. Right. Yeah, totally. Know. 
You know, and I told you this before we started recording, but I'll say it again. The movie that I saw that I actually liked the 3D the best in, surprisingly enough, was Transformers 3. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the 3D in that movie was done really well. It wasn't too much to where it was just totally distracting, but it was enough to you could see it and it was kind of cool looking. Yeah. That was like just right 3D. I think, well, I think, I think for me, um, it's one of two movies. Either the first one to do it, which is Polar Express... That movie to me that that was the obviously the first time anything had come out in 3D since you know whatever Jaws right. two Jaws three D yeah um and uh, yeah it was it was like revelatory you know the snow was falling all over the place right. fucking with your field of vision it was cool um, the only other one that really upped the game for me was Avatar you know I never I, did see Avatar in 3D it 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 really was. It wasn't showy, you know, like things flying out at you. Right. But they used it to kind of bring the whole world out to make yeah. it more of an immersive experience. Yeah. So it wasn't showy, but it was there. And it kind yeah. of just enhanced the viewing experience well, rather than throw stuff. Right. It's it's a mistake to do that, I think. And and Iron Man 3 didn't actually do that yeah. very much. There was a Here and there, there was a couple times. But it wasn't real, like, blatant. It wasn't like a plane flying out of the screen or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it made it, they used it for the depth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Like, yeah. you know, it just it was just too much for me. And yeah. I you Fair know, enough. and I'm just not I'm just not really into the 3D. I've decided I'm not going to go to the 3Ds anymore yeah. unless unless it's important to the person I'm going with, yeah. I guess. The, I mean, the only the last time I saw a movie in 3D was was The Hobbit. And that's because I think it was intended to see, be seen in that high frame, high frame rate 3D. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is new. I'll go see it. Let's see what it looks like. Sure. Um, but, but like I said, okay, you know, aside from that, overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It did definitely have its issues um, being that. Oh, and I told you this before we started recording too, but I'll just mention It's interesting to mention. I went with my... Um, seven-year-old niece. Yeah. And she really wanted to see it in 3D. I think that's mostly why we saw it in 3D. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, I had said that it's the darkest one of the group so far, but she actually was scared of the <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah. Because like, the way they did the effects for the bad guys is that they start, they were like glowy. Yeah. Like they looked like they were kind of like on fire almost. Uh-huh. And they looked very demonic. Ooh. And so I could see how she'd be scared, you know, Um so, uh, but I was surprised that it, they would actually go to the length of making these guys scary there. It would actually scare a kid. Well, but you have to remember these, they are intended for older audiences. Sure, they are. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, here's, here's what I'm going to say. We've both done our big one of the summer so far. Let's hit the smoke break real quick so I can get also get another beverage. Okay. And then we will be right back. And we're back. Yay! Yay! Smoke break. So the last of our um, big summer pictures that I, that we've seen, I uh, got a little bit of a coup uh, yeah. and and saw this is the end movie, which doesn't come out for the rest of you folks until June fourteenth. <laughs> for the rest, of you losers. Exactly. Um. So yeah, this is the end. This is the one that we took. Now, did refresh your memory out there, yes. listenerville. We um. This is the movie where all the comedians are playing themselves. Correct. And it's with Seth Rogen. And, and it's uh, written and directed by Seth Rogen. Right. James Franco, um, Michael Cera, uh, the girl from The Office. I forget her name. Um, <laughs> the Indian girl. Oh, Mindy Kaling. Yeah, she has like three lines. Oh, okay. And then also like 
Aziz Ansari, and yeah, just yeah. all these guys. Everybody, Paul Rudd. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a bajillion cameos in the movie. Right, Rihanna. Right. Rihanna's in it, really? Yeah, yeah, Nice. Michael Sarah slaps her ass. Nice. And then she punches him in the face. <laughs> it was worth My, it, I'm Michael sure. Michael Sarah actually is, is uh, one of the, you know, really bright spots in this movie. You know, all these guys are having fun playing weird versions of themselves. Right. He's having the most fun. Really? That's awesome. Nice. Um... But uh, yeah, so the ba- that's essentially the basic plot line. All these guys playing themselves, go going to a party at James Franco's house. Right, and then like the apocalypse comes along. Yeah, yeah, something bad happens. Right. Um, and they haven't really given away what it is in the trailer, so I'm not going to hear. Okay. Um, but yeah, something bad happens, <laughs> and bad then they get man. stuck there with right very little food and water. Yeah, and they're arguing over the Milky Way in the trailer and yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, so essentially that is the marketing point that it is these guys, you know, riffing. Right. And that is the movie. Really? And that, and that is what I'll say. It started out as a short. Yeah, yeah. Um, like on Funny or like, Die or something, right? Yeah. Jay and Seth survived the apocalypse or whatever. Okay. Uh, um, and, uh, and they expanded it into a full length picture and that's where you run into problems. Yeah. I could see that that might be a problem. I mean, it's hard to expand a short into yeah. a full length and they, feature. You, you get into the middle and it gets a little flabby and they're, and, yeah. you know, they're just doing weird stuff. Like at one point they, they, you know, take the, the camera from 127 hours and, you know, make a sequel to, um, pineapple express. Oh God. And that's, you know, five minutes of the movie. Well, you got to figure, though, you know, <laughs> these guys had to have something in this movie to make it an hour and a half. You know, I mean, that exactly. premise itself maybe could be an hour <laughs> and a half, but it'd be tough, kind of. Yeah. And then the ending is really rather perfun- perfunctory, you know, yeah. just kind of like, oh, oh we've got to end it. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I could see, I could totally see that as yeah. what would happen. Like, I, I would go into it thinking that's what it would yeah. be like. The but only- was it good? Um, yes. If you enjoy those guys, it's pretty funny. Okay. Um, if you don't enjoy those guys, avoid. I assume you would be avoiding it already. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But well, it was directed by Seth Rogen and another guy. And yeah, Evan Goldberg. And I was thinking maybe what they did was that, that Seth Rogen directed all the scenes of the guys to kind of just talking, but then the other guy did like the big uh, sort of set pieces or something. I don't know if that's true. Perhaps. I have no that's idea. That's just my guess. but You know, it's not obvious on screen. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, there's nothing. This is an Evan scene. Right, um, right. But, uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, surprising, the special effects are pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an entertaining picture. Uh, it's quite funny. What's his name? Craig Robinson. Right. Very funny in the picture. Um, See, I... I've never been a big, huge fan of his, but... I don't know. And I, I guess I tend to be, because every time I see a movie with him, I, I tend to find it funny. Well, there you go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in the picture. I just don't know that... Uh, I I don't know that it works all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I can that's see that. That's the only thing I can say, right. you know? <laughs> it just gets a little strained at points. It's sure. Like, oh yeah, we're doing this now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I can totally see that as mm. as a, uh, a failing, maybe you could say, of the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, Danny, I, Mc, Danny McBride is the villain of the picture. Oh, That's quite, it's quite funny. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> he's pretty funny. I think I, I like him. I I really liked him in Tropic Thunder. He was <laughs> the best. 
I love him in Land of the Lost. I'm the only person that likes that movie. You are, like, the only person. (laughs) Don't you ever get tired of being wrong? Yes! (laughs) I do! I really do! (laughs) (laughs) It's funny shit, man. Yeah, I know, but, okay. I I mean, I've watched it, and I was like, nah. You know, I gave it a shot. But, so, anyway, it sounds like this is the end is, is... it's funny. Pretty funny. I, I, I enjoyed it. The audience I saw it with seemed to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I can I can recommend it as being, I, I'm for me it's a hell of a lot funnier than any of those Hangover pictures. Okay. Well, <laughs> count me in. All right. I, I, you know, I think I mentioned this on our preview episode last time, but I'm gonna wait on the Hangover three. I mean, it seems it, like everybody is. It, uh, like it doesn't it, it seem to be bombed. doing too good. Yeah, I know. For a Hangover movie. Right. Um, I think a lot of people were upset at the Hangover 2 because it was so fucking stupid. Yeah. And so. And by all accounts, this one ain't any better. Yeah. So I think they really wasted all that goodwill they had from the first one. Because the first one actually to me, and this is a rehash of last episode, so I'm not going to go into it too much. But the first one I thought was very funny. Mm. I really enjoyed the first one. Second one fucking sucked so i'm kind of like you know i'm like a lot of the people out there i guess well i'll just wait till it comes out on video or something <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah okay this is the end thumbs up thumbs Yay. up indeed, yeah. sir. i do want to see this movie so i'll <laughs> so, have to wait until june 14th mm-hmm. um <laughs> so uh the only other like theater picture i've seen is a little bit older but we'll talk about it um is oblivion oblivion um starring tom cruise Yay! And uh, some other chick. Uh, some other chick? As <laughs> if he's a chick, kind of? Morgan Freeman and a few other notables. Um, but mostly Tom Cruise. <laughs> sure. Um, this movie, uh, so essentially, he and this chick are, you know, on this platform um, where they, and they go and they repair drones. that Because the, the Earth has had a war with aliens. Okay. And one, but... Is there platform one of change, Phil? <laughs> um, but essentially, they have to protect these. So everybody on Earth is on this giant ship above the Earth, okay. getting ready to leave. But they, they're, they're sucking up the oceans to use for power for their ship to take them to uh, a moon of Jupiter to restart. Interesting. Because the, the Earth is covered in radiation. Okay. Except for this little bit. Okay. Um, and so they, uh, but there are uh, still some aliens on the ground, and so these drones protect the, the, um, the you know whatever giant suckers that are taking the ocean. Um, and so <laughs> he's got to he's got to repair these these drones to, and keep kind of everything running while everybody's getting ready to leave. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, you know it's a it's a that's essentially the plot, people. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, you eventually run into Morgan Freeman, <laughs> amongst others. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a gorgeous movie. Right. From, from top to bottom, it, it's Joseph Kaczynski, and it was going to be gorgeous, and it is gorgeous. It looked like it in the trailers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the set design, the costume design, it's all top-notch. Cool. Um, special effects are great. Um, but... The, the failing of the movie is that it is so familiar. 
Yeah. That's what like, you said before. Like, you'd seen it before. Yes. <laughs> What's your famous line about it? The... Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's from Entertainment Weekly. But uh, but I said pretty much the same thing before I read it. So I, I still claim it. <laughs> um, that I like uh, that I like this movie better when it was called Moon and it starred Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's just like after a while you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I kind of know what's going to happen right. next. That's too bad, too, because, you know, you get all these, you get some, you know, pretty big stars, you get some great special effects, you get a budget in there so you can make it, and blah, 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 and then you kind of go, eh. Yeah. You know, that's disappointing to me. Yeah. Because I thought, when I saw the trailers for it and stuff, I said, oh, that looks like it could be very cool, uh-huh. you know? Um, but I've heard the very lukewarm reviews, so I just sort of said, uh, never lukewarm mind. Lukewarm is the, is, the right, is the right thing. It's just, that, I mean, there's no other way to say it than it is, like, everything in the movie. It's just like, you've seen it. Yeah. A time or two before. Right, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's too bad. I, I, I kind of, whenever that happens, you know, yeah. I want to see a movie and I hear about, oh, you know, I kind of go, oh, man. <laughs> but um, you never, I mean, the thing is, is that even if you have seen it before, it could be good still. Yeah. If you do it in it's a It's just a little redone. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> but this one, it just couldn't overcome that feeling of familiarity. Yeah, well, you know, I was talking about that with somebody who had actually seen it. Um... And, uh, uh, oh, hold on. <laughs> Not going to edit he's that having, out either. He's having an allergy attack. I was earlier too. Woof. Anyway, um, I was, uh, talking to somebody who had seen it and they were going, they were saying, um, I really like the acting. I really like the special effects. I really like the set design. I really like this, 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 but yet I didn't really like the movie all that much. And it's, it's, I think I, I said this to you before. I can't remember if it was on the last podcast or not, but Sometimes in a movie, the sum of the parts, or the 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 sum of the parts is less. What what's that phrase? It, it, uh, <laughs> the whole is less than the sum of the parts, right. not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of weird when it happens. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, you go, "Now that's just weird." It's like, <laughs> okay, I really like the acting. I really like the special effects. I really like the set designs. I really like the storyline. Why didn't I like that movie that much? You know? <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. But, either way. That sound, I, kind of sounds like what happened. No, I think it pretty much is. I can't recommend the picture. Um, unless you're really jonesing for Tom Cruise or something. <laughs> um, and who isn't, right? But I'll use that to segue into my other Tom Cruise movie. Wee Segways! A, t- <laughs> a touch older. Um, came out at Christmas. Jack Reacher. Yes, I never did see this movie, although I wanted to. I actually heard it was better than what it uh, was sort of what you might think by seeing the the uh, trailers and stuff. Because I was very, again, lukewarm on the trailer. I was kind of like, eh, whatever. But I've heard people say that they really liked it. What did see you it? think? Yeah, yeah you, you should see it. Um, it's excellent from beginning to end. Wow. And I... Um, Isn't it based on like a graphic novel or something? No, no, it's based no? on a novel. Oh, okay. Um, a series of novels. And that was where a lot of people had problems with the movie, was because the character of Jack Reacher in the books is like, you know, six foot five, you know, oh, huge yeah. and blonde. Oh, okay. And, and you got so, this, you know, five, six, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, Tom he's Cruise. like this behemoth in the he's books. He's like the, op- the exact opposite. opposite of what you think of of Jack Reacher. Right. I never read any of the books, but supposedly they're pretty good. Okay. Um, but that was usually the thing people mentioned when they talked about this really? movie was that it was so opposite of the character. 
Um, that's pretty nitpicky, I would think. People who are purists generally are. Sure, that's true. Um, but <clears throat> but I will say it's directed by, um, good lord, his, his name just flew out of my head. Who wrote The Usual Suspect? Christopher McQuarrie. Oh, okay. Um, who wrote The Usual Suspect? Okay, I was like, huh, Brian Singer. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so it's Christopher McQuarrie, um, and of course Tom Cruise, and uh, you know a few other notables. Um. What's her name? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> this is not a movie you remember very I know, well. Like, I, for some reason, like, everything I know about this movie just flew out of my head. Um, Robert Duvall has a, you know, easygoing Robert Duvall cameo kind of thing. Oh, Robert Duvall. Okay, never mind. I was thinking Gene Hackman for some reason. I'm going, didn't <laughs> he, really, like, retire? He's, yeah, Gene Hackman is retired. Um, and, God, I... German director with a really good Werner Herzog is the villain. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh wow! I was just throwing that out there. Werner Herzog, you know, is a takes the lawyer. You know, I'm, I'm used to thinking of like, you know, what's that uh, bear uh, guy with the bear movie? Um, oh, the that was Werner Herzog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, that's where I'm used to. And then he got down and. And the bears came down to see him. I'm used to him as like a voiceover of, right. of these documentaries, and all of a sudden here he is time to trying to kill Tom Cruise. This is a, and the bears ate him. Oh no! <laughs> I, I I'll never forget that. Oh Jerry, don't just destroy that tape. It's horrible. Yeah, I can't believe don't that they did that. Listen to it. Like they de literally destroyed the tape, so nobody will ever hear it. Yeah. I'm like, that's bullshit. Oh come on! Aww. Really, you want to see that or hear it? Maybe. <laughs> like, that's not fun. Yeah, no, that's it's not right. cool. <laughs> it's not, well, you know, it was one of those weird sort of like, you know, morbidly curious yeah, things, yeah. you know. Anyway, so, back to Jack Reacher. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, it was a curious moment, but it's directed with finesse. Mm -hmm. It's it's perfectly paced. Um, there are some, how to say this, a couple of the sequences, like, are a little bit off kilter in a goofy way, but uh -huh. it still works. Like there's this there's this odd sequence where you know Jack Reacher's investigating his like one clue or whatever, and he ends up at this house and these guys attack him in the bathroom, and they just keep missing. <laughs> like he's laying in the bathtub because they hit him over the shoulder, and he just keeps trying to hit him, and it keeps like hitting the wall and the shower curtain and everything. <laughs> it's like bizarre. I was like, what is this? But it, it still works. Well, if it's the guy that wrote The Usual Suspects, you, you know he's going to be a little quirky. Yeah. So, Well, but know. his last movie was Way of the Gun, which ain't quirky. True. Really? <laughs> that was his last movie? Yeah, I don't think he's directed anything since. Huh. Weird. Okay. Um, but I, there, there's rumor that he will do the next Mission Impossible. Cool. Um... But Brad yeah, Bird's is, surprisingly well done uh, Mission Impossible. By that the way. is for sure. Um, but, um, so yes, it is an excellent thriller. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah, well, that's cool because, I mean, you know, I, you know, for whatever reason, I kind of root for Tom Cruise, you know. Um, just because I, I think a big part of it is, is that he was such, you see these guys, used to be these giant stars and anything they were in was like immediately goes to the top of everybody's list and all this stuff. Mm. And then they sort of like, they fizzle out a little. And <laughs> well, he didn't fizzle out. He, ex he went boom. Yeah. He well, went nuts on national television. Well, I know. But what I'm saying is, is it's like, he, I always kind of, for whatever reason, I always sort of root for those guys. Mm. 
then because you, you want him to like you know oh, it's, I a, don't it's know. an echo of your childhood kind of thing yeah kind of i guess that's true and then like i don't know so you know this, this movie particularly kind of just came and went really um I'm not sure if maybe they didn't have the advertising budget or something. I only ever saw a couple commercials for it and yeah. stuff, and I kind of went, eh, I don't know. They didn't. I don't think they did a very good job marketing it because it looked very well, generic. And I well, the 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 problem is, and I think both Oblivion and um, and Jack Reacher hit the same like ceiling. I I just wondered that there isn't, uh, and Mission Impossible was totally different. But but both of these movies have hit like a Tom Cruise ceiling, like eighty million. And, that's, and it. that's it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there's definitely some very hardcore Tom Cruise fans still out there. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, it's going to make there some are, money. there are also a lot of people out there with chips on their shoulders. Sure. And definitely. I think that's the problem they ran into. I think so, too. And and it's too bad because that has nothing to do with the movies he's in. The yeah. fact that he went kind of went kind of off the well, but, deep end on Oprah <laughs> or whatever. Well, but, but plus that was like 10 years ago. When you're, when you're a star... You are what people know you as. That's true. And so when people know you as a nutball, then... Yeah, and the thing that's weird about that is that people are still holding on to that, and that was years ago. It was, but he... But then he essentially, you know, kind of retired and didn't do a hell of a lot. Right. So that the last thing that people remember is still a crazy yeah, shit. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not like, making my case for Tom Cruise here. Yeah. I'm just saying it's too bad because it's, it's a weird thing to hang on to. And the guy was, you know, he was being weird, but whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> Liam Neeson, would be, or not Liam Neeson, um, uh, well, Gibson shot himself in the foot there. <laughs> but who was I thinking of? The guy who peed on the airplane floor. Um, he was super drunk. No idea. Some, and I'm not saying he's as big a star as Tom Cruise. But I just, it's like, people do all kinds of weird shit. Like, this, whoever it was, this guy is, I might have even been Gerard Depardieu. But he, I heard this story about he was on a plane, and they were getting ready to take off, and he was super drunk. And uh, he said he was got up to go to the bathroom. And they told him, you can't go into the bathroom yet, because we're just about ready to take off, and you can't be in there. And he said, fine. Pulled it out, and just peed on the floor. Like, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, people do weird shit, but it's like for the for a lot of people, and I think it was because he was such a big star. People went, "Oh my god!" Like it was this huge yeah. thing, you know. Well, but then you had you had the year the <laughs> the years of that marriage that everybody questioned, and yeah, I you know. know, yada yada yada, and then the spy drama of the dissolution of the marriage. Yeah, it's a weird you know, shit. I mean, it, it was a, it was you know five or ten years of of, of crazy for him, and I don't yeah. just a lot of people just don't care for. It. Yeah, but that's so definitely I, true. I wonder if that's the reason why he's hitting these ceilings on these movies. Um, but still, you got to figure though, eighty million U.S. There's probably a lot of overseas people that still really like him. Yeah. So yeah. you know you're gonna make money on these movies. It's Indeed. just it's not the you know it's not Top Gun or Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. People still go see Mission Impossible though. Mission Impossible, yeah, it's a, it's clearly a different level. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I mean, I mentioned it before, but I was very surprised, to be honest with you, how much how well that the last Mission Impossible movie was yeah. done because of the fact that it was Brad Bird. I went, no way, Brad Bird. He did fucking Pixar, and then I was yeah, like, yeah, but but he did the best Pixar movie. Well, he did, yeah. But I was thinking, there's no way that's going to translate. And it, man, that movie was really that was actually the best one. In a long time, to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, that I never like. Yeah, yeah. 
I never really liked the J.J. Abrams version. Um, the John Woo version is a little wonky, and nobody but me likes that. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I the J.J. Abrams one, to me, was very up and down. I, kinda, I liked some of it. I didn't like some of it. Whatever. But I thought that Mission Impossible Four was very well done, and yeah, I was very su- I was honestly surprised. That's why I made a billion dollars. Everybody I was, liked it. Yeah, I was surprised because I thought there's no way that animation is going to translate into this big <laughs> action movie. It did, indeed. All righty then. So I've got a few we'll talk about. Hopefully, not for very long. <laughs> um, one is Killing Them Softly, uh, which I have not seen. The Brad Pitt picture. Yes, Brad Pitt and uh, James Gandolfini amongst and Ray Liotta. It's kind of a... Love me some Ray Liotta. I don't know. What is the setting? It's it's hard to say where it's set, but it seemed like more of a kind of a southern fried mobster picture. Like, I didn't get the idea that this was like Jersey or something. Right, okay. It seemed like New Orleans or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but it was never specific to no. where it was. No. Um, but people would like fly in. That's why I would say it's probably not near New York. Right. Um... The ice, ice cream, cream truck. <laughs> I don't know if that's picking up. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both look. What? <laughs> that's childhood instinct. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I and this movie like it got an F cinema score and wow. it and it like made ten million dollars and was gone. Yeah, yeah. And this movie is excellent. I just think it's not what anyone was expecting. Okay. Because it is essential. It's. <clears throat> It's like an hour and a half, an hour 40. And there are maybe five scenes. Really? And they're very long. That's interesting. And, you know, like, one of them is, uh, you know, you've got, like, uh, you've got, well, you've got, like, two scenes between Pitt and and Gandolfini that go on for 10 or 15 minutes where they just chat. Huh. Interesting. It's excellent. But I don't think anybody really was like, this is the movie I came to see. Right. Yeah. Weird. So there's like five scenes that are like 15 minutes a piece. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they're... Interesting. They're, they're, I, don't, I don't know if they're five. They're maybe well, ten, right, yeah, but yeah. they're long. Right. Sort of in the sense, in the in the sort of wheelhouse, sort of like a Tarantino. Ah, yeah, better. Um, yeah, not, better. Not as, not as um, goofy and stylized. This is more like, you know, Mark Romanek, he just... You know, like puts the camera in the back of the seat, and you in the in the back seat of the car, kind of, and you watch Richard Jenkins and Brad Pitt kind of discuss what they want to do with these guys who who robbed um, some you know poker game. Huh. Well, I I was I was interested to see it. Yeah. I wasn't the thing with me. I think the reason I didn't see it because I could never tell what it was about. Like yeah. I I was like, okay, I see this movie. It looks kind of cool. It's, generally, I like Brad Pitt movies. I think he has pretty good taste in movies that he makes. Um, what the hell is it about? Like, you, I could never tell. Yeah. I mean, I got, I kind of picked up that it was like sort of gangstery, uh-huh. but that was like it, you yeah. know? And I was going, well, that's not much to go on, you know? <laughs> it's like a gangster character study. That's it's, fair. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's really weird, but it's really good. Huh. Well, I'll have to check it out. And James, James Gandolfini is a standout and he should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah? He was... Excellent. If this huh. movie had performed any better, somebody in there would have. Huh. Interesting. But, but because it just... Yeah, it was gone. gone. It, you know, the thing that was funny about that movie when it came out is that I wasn't even aware that it was out because I had seen some ads and stuff and then I didn't know it was out and then it was gone. Yeah. So I was like, oh, whoops, I missed that, <laughs> you know. It's much more of like 
they should have gone for, uh, you know, releasing it at the Mayan instead right. of on 3,000 screens. Totally. That would have been the perfect movie for something like that. Uh-huh. And if you don't know what we're talking about, anybody out there, the Mayan is like the art house. Yeah, theater. yeah, an art house. The arc light for you people in LA. <laughs> right. Um, uh, what else do I Oh, I would, speaking of LA, and I got to go back to this. <laughs> okay. Just, um, I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast, but your brother wrote the best fucking review ever for The Great Gatsby. He was yeah, on yeah, Facebook. He, he laid into he goes, it. But he left after 40 minutes. Goes, I told him he was a schmuck. He goes, yeah, this is a piece of shit. I just walked out and I couldn't take it no more. I'm out of here kind of thing. <laughs> that was so funny. I, that was so something your brother would do too. <laughs> I'm Honestly, from the vitriol he was spewing against it, I'm surprised he went and sat down for it. Yeah, but I just had to mention that. Because that it, was like the fifth post of, you know, this is a piece of shit. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, no, he, he really didn't like that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I, <laughs> I guess we can talk about Atlas Shrug Part 2, The Strike. We have to because we, we talked about this last time. Or not last time. <laughs> like we talked about the first ago, one, yeah. the first Atlas Shrugs, the Part 1. And um, it was just fascinating to me that it was like, the way that you described it, I went, okay, I either really have to see this movie or I have <laughs> to avoid this movie at all costs. <laughs> Um, it's, okay, it's, it's kind of funny, it's, there's absolutely nothing the same in this movie than from the first. They recast <laughs> every part. Really? Yes. They recast everybody. Everybody. That's interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> And in strategy. some cases, I don't know that it was any improvement. Okay. Like, you know, yes, the people in the first one were bad, mm-hmm. but the people in the second one weren't noticeably better, so you might have as well have kept the continuity. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's weird to re- totally recast the movie for the second part. You know, it's you kind of go what like maybe the other people in the first one didn't want to be in it. I maybe. mean, you know, maybe they said fuck that. That was horrible. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a continuation. There will be a part three um, of mm-hmm. of this of this movie series. Okay, now is this movie still done by this like whatever eccentric billionaire guy? Yes. That just felt like he had to make this movie, and he just uh-huh. spent all his own money. And he on just it. keeps hiring people to do it. It's a different director, you know, different writers, essentially. But he's he's keeping he's got one more to finish out the story. Okay, so these movies, I'm assuming, and uh, this is a sort of a refresher for myself and for the listeners. Right, these movies didn't make any money at all. Oh God, no. So they're just like a passion project. Correct. For this guy who wants to tell the Randian story. Um, Man, to have that much money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like he's making them for a lot. They don't like look like they cost billions of dollars. <laughs> um, you know, he might be spending 10 million bucks on this. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly, it's a passion project for the guy. I, I've never read the books. I, I, you know, essentially I started with the first one. I kept going with the second one. Just like, let's see. Let's know? see where this goes. right? <laughs> and, uh, it's just, you know, rather goofy. <laughs> Well, I remember it's, you saying last time that it was like uh, the setting got updated from like the 50s to like the 80s or something. No, the setting got updated from, you know, whatever, the 1930s. Oh, 30s um, too. To like 2040. Oh, in the future. Yeah, yeah. Okay, where, right. Where everybody's run out of gas, so everybody's gone back to rail. Okay. So now, so we've we've come full circle and we're now back to taking railroads everywhere. Because they're, going because they're coal still coal, whatever, but right. there's no gas. Okay. Um, or gas is like three thousand dollars a gallon. <laughs> yeah, like it is over at Seven Eleven, right? Hey, Am I right? Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, like it's, <laughs> I, I guess I enjoy them, kind of. 
In the because, sense of, are they so bad they're good kind of thing? No, not really. But just because I think, you know, obviously hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have read these books for the past hundred years, or almost nearly hundred years. So oh, the Ayn Rand books? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think the story is interesting, and the ideas behind the story are interesting. These movies just aren't interesting right yeah. you know like so there's something there's an idea there that's kind of fun to watch and watch these people roll around with but um you know nobody's nobody's taking it people are like just come walking on reading their lines walking off <laughs> you know nobody's yeah. like investing in the project. <laughs> right nobody's going down this is something i want to say <laughs> you know and, and like the people Hello, who are like how like, are you <laughs> i'm going in the other room now goodbye we have got to get this railroad running again. Where is my steel? How could you give them your patent? You know, it's Where like, is oh. my steel? <laughs> um, but, uh, and the only person, like, who really kind of weirdly is taking, you know, like, going with it is Isai Morales. And most of the time when he gets up there to give a speech, you're, you're like, oh, am I in church? What's going on? <laughs> nice. like, he starts going on. Like, and it's like Obama speech or something, you know? It's, it's like a preacher laying down yeah, the yeah. left kind of weird but yeah i mean it's they're such odd movies just because it's like hey here's another one. Oh, okay whatever yeah did anyone see the first one it's yeah like, it's like gonna be the weirdest you know well it, these are now yeah quick i'm having a stroke right now apparently Uh-oh. um correct me if i'm wrong but i think that you said that uh the first one actually did come out in some theaters somewhere and so did the second one. Oh, it did the yeah. second one did too uh-huh where? <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. Like, it was a major release. It, it came out in, like, 2,000 screens or something. What? Yeah. Are you shitting me? No. Whoa. Like, big, big, huge ads in the papers and stuff, yeah. I saw nothing about this. Well, they had no commercials or anything. Okay, well, you <laughs> you still read a newspaper. Ew. Uh. <laughs> Hard copy. Ew. Remember that from <laughs> Hackers? Yes. I still find Mr. news Stevens. for the... I still find... I still... Enjoy leafing through a newspaper, and I like getting my coupon. Thank there you go. <laughs> Thank you all. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm that cheap. Where's my steel? I love that. That was the best, Phil. That <laughs> might be the title of this podcast. Exactly. Where's my steel? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't recommend this. If, if you know, <laughs> In good conscience, right? <laughs> it's not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> nowhere near. But, uh, hey, if you want to see D.B. Sweeney in the last couple minutes. Who hey, doesn't? There you go. I always but, remember him puking in some movie. <laughs> Great. D.B. Sweeney. I remember him in Fire in the Sky. Ugh. I didn't even bother with that. Um, what was or, that movie? Was it Memphis that? Bell that he was yeah, in? Yeah, he's in Memphis Bell. Maybe that was the um, one. Oh, yeah, it was because he puked on the other guy. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I loved that movie when I was a the, kid. The Cutting Edge. That was like oh, my favorite movie when I was 10. The Cutting Edge. Ugh. I watched that. I had never seen that movie. Oh, my God. But, okay. So I'd never <laughs> seen that movie. And then my girlfriend, now this is a couple years ago. My girlfriend, uh, I told her, I said, you know, because I, this is just the way that I tend to sort of dominate the movie viewing, like, uh, decision making. Yeah. Which I don't like to do. I catch myself doing it, but whatever. Uh-huh. So I told my girlfriend. I'm not watching that piece of shit. Oh, fuck that. It's got feelings in it. I want to blow it up. <laughs> It's got feelings in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, anyway. <laughs> so I said to her, I said, okay, whatever movie you want, I don't care. We'll watch whatever you want. She goes, really? Okay, here's my like favorite movie from when I was a kid, The Cutting Edge. 
And we watched it, and I was, uh, you know, it had some feelings in it. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. I just, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea, you know? Yeah, yeah, you and ice skating pictures. I know, right? I, the two don't not I know, match. I know. It's Unless somebody's You're like, where's the, ho- where's the, the hockey puck? Like, right? Totally. <laughs> But no, like, I, I had no problem with that movie. Yeah. It just was, you know, uh, whatever. But, um, yeah, D.B. Sweeney being the cocky uh, coach guy or whatever he was. <laughs> I don't remember it very well. But, yeah. Anyway. We're running a little long, so... I we'll, don't care. We can run as long as we want. No, we this can't. is not even nearly one of our longer ones. I know, but we should be keep be mindful of okay, the time okay, we're okay. taxing the people. Okay. Otherwise, they're going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if any of you are still listening. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, where's my steel? <laughs> Thank you, Amy. <laughs> um, we, okay, so, on a whim, I was like, you know, checking the HBO playlist or whatever for the next month, uh, for the couple weeks, because like, you can do that, and I set recordings for any movie I want to watch, if anything's new. Sure. Um, and I'm going through on main HBO, and I'm totally amazed, because what should I see? On HBO... Wing um, Commander. Holy crap, really? Yeah, it wasn't like on HBO 3 or Zone HBO Suspense or whatever. or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was on fucking HBO. Really? Several times. And Whoa. so I was like, okay, I haven't seen this movie in 10 years. I'm going to record it. And wow. I did, and I watched it. <laughs> I've, se- I've seen this movie also, um, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. This movie is so weird. It's so it's, bad. It's based on a PC game, right? right. Yep. Um, and of course it stars Freddie, well, not of course, most of you probably don't <laughs> of have, course, no, I have mean... no fucking clue. Um, it stars <laughs> of course. Freddie Prinze Jr., his, um, his wife, uh, Matthew Lillard. His uh, wife, Matthew. They made like six movies together. Okay. <laughs> they were like, you know, <laughs> they were like, uh, you know, what, Martin and Lewis yeah, for, the, yeah. for the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except they didn't sing or dance. Um, the powerhouse of Freddie Prince Jr. would not go anywhere without his uh, best friend Matthew Lillard. Yes. So yes, Freddie Prince Jr., uh, Matthew Lillard, Who Saffron Burroughs. That's Saffron Burroughs. Um, One of the best names ever. And then like a cavalcade of great character actors. Yeah, totally. Like David Warner and David Suchet and uh, Ch- Chucky Cario. Oh, right. <laughs> Chucky Cario. I love that guy. <laughs> you know, I ended up Jürgen Prochnow. Jürgen Pro- They're like I the mean- same guy. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all these great character actors in this movie. I'm like, what are they doing? I know. This is so weird. Because the, the thing about this is that they got all of these. Oh, thank you, Spider. You're yes. Contributing to the Insistent. podcast. Um, they got all these like character actors and all this stuff. And they, you know, you, you know that they had to have. Paid these guys or whatever, but then the movie itself looks like somebody with a fucking camcorder made it in their basement. <laughs> Pretty much, it's awful. It looks so cheap yes. and terrible. <laughs> I still enjoy this movie. What? Yes, I never enjoyed this movie. I I don't know. It's B A D bad, but it's a yeah. bad that I like. Well, it's, if this is bad, I like that. I, just, I don't know why. It, it was true when it first came out. Like, I bought this movie, motherfucker. I don't know where the D went, the DVD went, but for some that's reason, right. I you owned it. To, yeah, that's so weird. 
it just looks so bad, and it's just so not a good movie. It's like one of, you know, I think I can, it's just because I like seeing, like, oh my god, David Warner, oh, you're getting back now. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> you bore me. Um, he has not a human, you know, yeah. all these weird Jurgen Prochnowisms. Well, you know, I just, it verges into so bad it's good, but yeah. it, to me, it's just so bad that it's, like, grating. I can watch it and kind of enjoy the badness of it for about I half an hour. That, I don't, by the time you get to the fucking giant cats, I was uh, like, <laughs> I know. I just, I, I, I can't, I love that movie. I, I watched it giggling. It, yeah, well, that's the proper reaction to them. <laughs> and I remember when that movie came out, actually, and I was thinking, uh, it the way it was marketed yeah. was that it was this big movie, you know, and like all this stuff. And then you go, what the hell? Like, it looks like, like I said, somebody with a camcorder in their mom's <laughs> basement. It doesn't look bad. The, the, the special effects are are, are junior, but <laughs> are, are Saturday morning. But, um, yeah. but the, you know, the sets, etc., the costumes, yeah. they're fine. But, yeah, the, why did but there's the oddity of seeing, like, um, some 1940s Spitfire-looking thing in space. Right. That's where I think it gets weird. It does, well, it gets weird from the opening credits, <laughs> if you ask me. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen this movie, and I just was like... I, I didn't have the positive, bad reaction like you did. Like, the reaction of, oh, this is terrible, awesome. I just went, oi, good <laughs> lord. And plus, I really don't like Freddie Prince Jr. Something about I that do, guy just rubs me the wrong way. I do like Freddie Prince He's too puppy-doggish. Uh, it's all right. Um, I don't know. I, and, you know, I, I looked him up on IMDb, and it's embarrassing that I've seen most of the <laughs> <laughs> well, You know, even Summer Catch, you know? <laughs> you know, for some reason, I had felt like for a long time I wanted to watch Summer Catch. Yeah. And I can't remember why. Like, there was some specific reason that I wanted to watch that movie, and I can't remember what the hell it is now. Maybe it was the girl in it. It probably was. <laughs> probably. It probably was. Um, um, I don't even remember who the girl is in that. Yeah, me neither. Um, but, yeah, I, I, embarrassingly, I've seen most of it. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome, Phil. I mean, <laughs> you know. We've all got to have something. Right, right. right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> Wing Commander. <laughs> it just made me giggle. I yeah. wanted to mention Well, okay, here's another one on the, in that same vein. Uh-huh. Um, I watched... Um, I didn't now, granted, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I think that I have seen most of it at one point, mm. is the uh, movie adaption of the Stephen King book, Desperation. Oh my. Um, oh my. That's <laughs> that's my uh, George Takei impression. I don't even know where it came from. Well, it's the title of his autobiography. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if he ever even said that, but people think he did. So anyway, um, I watched this, uh, and it was very odd because... It was a TV movie, yeah, like a, a network TV movie, like uh-huh. ABC or CBS or something. Then it was on like Showtime uh-huh. the other day, yeah. And I'm going, that's weird. You don't really see that. We discussed this before, where you you made like Stars or no Encore has uh, miniseries Mondays where they show these miniseries, Thornbirds, blah blah blah. But you don't really usually see just the two hour one off TV movies on pay cable, right? And I was like, I couldn't remember if I had seen it or not. But then when I was watching it, I go, oh, I think I have seen this. <laughs> but what really stuck out to me about this movie yeah. is that whoever it was that they got to direct this movie, and I didn't catch who it was. Nobody Mick Jackson, I, probably. I, yeah, I don't know. But um, 
It would be not. amazing if we had some sort of search engine. <sighs> yes, indeed. But that won't be invented for years. Um, anyway, this was like the most amateurish, um, like the director thinking he would be visually interesting by using all these really weird camera angles and fisheye lenses, and it was so annoying. <laughs> it was like unwatchable based on that. Yeah. It was like, you know how these film, like, it, I would imagine, it's like these film school guys are going, I gotta stand out, I gotta be visually interesting, yeah. or it's gotta be weird and off-kilter because the, everybody in the story's off-kilter and it's a weird situation. Yeah. So they use all these fisheye lenses, really super low camera angles, or real super close-ups, or whatever, and it's like, you know, that is like the most amateur, I've never even made a movie, and I know that that's amateurish. Yeah. You know, it was just awful. And there was a scene, it was so funny. With uh, Steven Weber, mm -hmm. who plays uh, like an employee of the writer guy who's clearly based on Stephen King. Sure. Even in his own book. <laughs> played by Tom Skerritt, by the way. Yes. Um, love, lovable Tom Skerritt. Ah, um, that rogue. That <laughs> dashing rogue. <laughs> um, but anyway, Stephen Weber plays his uh, assistant, who's carting around all his shit for him as he's taking this cross-country uh, Q&A tour. Uh-huh. He's an author. And, and there is a scene in that movie, it's so funny, there's a scene where you first are sort of meeting Steven Weber, he is clearly either drunk or high, like really drunk or high, <laughs> clearly, his eyes are all bloodshot, he's really wobbly, and his, 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 his uh, delivery of his lines is really weird, and it's like, he's clearly fucked up, Yeah. and they just left it in, they're like, okay, well, whatever, you know? <laughs> And it was just the weirdest thing. And it I mean, wasn't, like, intentional. No, no, no. It was not a scene where he's supposed to, his character is supposed to be fucked up. Oh. It was just a scene where he's talking to somebody okay. while he's driving a car. <laughs> while he's driving a moving van. And you're like, <laughs> wow, he's loaded. <laughs> it was so, I mean, I didn't really want to talk too much about it because it's just so bad. But, like, um, Ron Perlman's in it. Um... Uh, Tom Skerritt, Stephen Weber. I think those are really about the only people you might recognize because I don't think. Oh, um, Matt Frewer's in it. Was he all awesome. in all of the fucking Stephen King movies? Yes, he's in like all of them. What? <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. Uh, but it's anyway, he's so weird looking. Yeah, probably. But I just wanted to mention it because I just thought it was like I was actually somewhat like taken aback at how amateurish it looked, <laughs> and also the fact that. Just, you don't see that very often. The guy is clearly fucked up. Yeah. And uh, like I said, his, his eyes were totally bloodshot. He was, you know, and it's like, <laughs> why don't you just reshoot that? It was only like a two minute scene, but yeah. they just left it in. It was weird. <sighs> Who cares? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it, you're pretty making much. choices. You're making some cheap, you know, TV movie. Why like, is ah, it? Oh, fuck, we got to move on. All right. But see, here's my question to you. Steven's Karen. fucked up. We gotta get this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to tell him he was on the call sheet today. Does he remember his lines? We're going. Yeah, right. Here's my thing. Here's my question to you. This is where this is whole this whole thing is built okay. up to. My question to you, Phil. Ooh, yeah. Um, why is it that somebody who is either A, very inexperienced, or B, not very creative, huh. as a filmmaker, why is it does somebody why is it that somebody thinks of these fisheye lenses, these real weird camera angles, as being something that will be, quote-unquote, interesting. 
Well, because that's what they, I mean, that's, I think, what they're like, I gotta have a style. You know, like, I remember, what was it? The Sinbad movie, was it House Sitter or, or something? I don't know. I like where this is going. <laughs> Sinbad. But anyway, that was whoever, whatever the fucking movie was, it had Jeff Jones in it, which I think oh, was I think the it only. it was like House Sitter or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, uh, it had, but uh, that was the only reason I saw it. Um, but I remember, and Phil Hartman. Um, yeah, Phil Hartman. But I remember seeing it and being like, oh, this guy's a first-time director. Because you'd have these, you know, they get into a fight and they're rolling around and, like, the camera's rolling around yeah, with yeah. them. I'm like, that doesn't make it any more interesting. It doesn't. It's just I a think cheap they're, trick. they're trying to add, like, style. Qu- In quote, big air quotes. Quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, most of the time it doesn't work. Yeah, I just, I just wonder it why. To, people forget that if you're going to include that, it kind of has to mean something. Yeah, yeah. To work, yeah. Otherwise, it's like, oh, why? Why are you doing that? That's annoying, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was wondering because I I wanted to your opinion on it because I went, now why would somebody who's a first time director or whatever think that that's going to add anything? Because they think it's cool. I I really really think that that's just about it. The fisheye lens thing really bugs me. I hate (laughs) it. I cannot stand it. Yeah. And like Barry Sonnenfeld uses it a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot. And I just, it's so annoying. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my uh, pet peeve, I guess. I whatever. guess. So, whatever. We've got one more and then we're out. Whee! Um, And that one more is a big one more. Uh-oh. And I feel bad. I want to say this because I remember talking about it, you know, in December or whatever. And I was like, I'm there with bells on. And I wasn't. Ah, Phil. <laughs> Did you so lose I your just, bells? I, yes. <laughs> um, I just never got around to it. And I finally saw it. Uh, just this last weekend, and uh, it is The Last Stand. Oh, man, you know what? I wanted to see this, too, and I still haven't. So I'm even worse than you. <laughs> You're terrible. I'm awful. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, so it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, yes. Um, what's his name? Fuck. Anyway, um, Rodrigo Santoro. Luis Guzman. <laughs> you gotta love a good <laughs> Luis Guzman picture. <laughs> And uh, what is that Swedish guy's name from uh, Armageddon, the VW commercials, dropping oh, like yeah, yeah. Um, Fargo? Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. And I'm sure our listeners do, too. Fargo, the guy that needed Ungwind. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> and your ride has been pimped or whatever. Yes. <laughs> the VW commercials. Yes. For some reason, uh, his name is just blown. Oh, yeah. Peter Stormare. There Peter Stormare. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, it's essentially, okay. Oh, and Forrest Whitaker. Um Ooh. Forrest Whitaker. So essentially, Forrest Whitaker is the FBI man. And they're transporting this prisoner who's like, you know, Paco Guzman. He's a big drug dealer. And they're transporting him in the middle of the night. He gets taken. Oh, I'm sure. And he He gets in this super souped up Corvette. Sweet. um, With like a thousand horsepower. And shoots out into the desert on his way to the Mexico border. Um, Sweet. I'm liking this already. And so they, you know, they try to catch him for a while, but he gets away. And so um, they figure out, oh, he must be heading here. Um, and then, you know, right next to there is Arnold's Town. <laughs> Arnold's Town. <laughs> of, you know, what are, I can't even remember. Somerset Village or something or other. <laughs> something, know, something he can't pronounce. Something that probably a place in the Arizona desert wouldn't be called. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, he's the sheriff. Yeah. And, uh, and the, so Peter Stormare is building a bridge across this chasm at the that's, that marks the U.S. Mexico border <laughs> there, 
Um, okay, sounds And boring. so he's going to drive over it. But, so, um, <laughs> so you know, sounds Arnold figures it out. Uh, you know, he loses a, a good little cop to, to Peter Stormare and his, you know, guys with machine guns. And so he, you know, re- he, you know, puts a bunch of cars in the middle of town so that so that this guy in the Corvette can't get through town. And, uh, you know, he has to go through with Johnny Knoxville to, because Johnny Knoxville has this weird, you know, like, armor, you know, like, gun museum thing. So they haul everything out of there. Oh, so he's just like a guy that lives in a town. Yeah. Okay. He's just nobody. He bar- he's barely in the movie, really. Really? Because he was like all over the commercials. Three or four scenes. Really? Because he's all over the commercials. Yeah, I know. I, know. I was expecting more, but I did, uh, but uh, gladly I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. Okay, so the movie's not that great. We'll just get that over with. Um, but I... I really liked it because it's been so long. It's been like a decade since Since we had any good Arnold. Exactly. And, you know, like the first time he gets like a line, like an Arnold line, I was like, I sat here and I just got this grin on my face and I started giggling. I was like, oh my God, it's been so long. Yeah, totally. I Yeah, no, that's exactly why (laughs) I wanted to see it too. It was a great line. I was like, well, you better get out of here before I change my mind and give you a citation. Yeah, but it's like, that's an Arnold line. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh man, I missed it so much. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like that's why I wanted to see it cuz I haven't seen an Arnold movie in yeah. forever. I in fact, I I did watch Terminator 3 not too long ago. Yeah. That movie does not hold up. Nope. It does. I when I first saw it, I went, "Oh, that was pretty cool." I re- rewatched it recently and I went, "Not really." <laughs> um, the, there are parts of it that I admire and there are there, parts the, of it. That the the chase scene with the crane and the fire truck or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. But other than that, not so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, going back to The Last Stand, I wanted to see it for that very reason. Yeah. I've been missing my Arnold, man. And now I'm going to have to go home and watch it. <laughs> it's funny. I, 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 I'm thinking about it. You know, it used to be Jean-Claude's role, right? He was the entrepot for these Asian directors to come into America, yeah. right? You know, John Woo made Hard yeah, yeah. Target. And, and there were, like, Four or five other guys who yeah, made yeah. bad Van Damme movies to get into America. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you an Asian? I get to see this ad in the paper. <laughs> Are you an Asian director? You want to get to America? Make a, a bad Van Damme movie, exactly. and you're set. <laughs> um, and, Klondike four four four. And interesting, this is now Arnold <laughs> role. I mean, this is a the guy that directed the host. I don't know if any if you've seen that. It was a Korean movie about this giant monster that was living in the rivers of Seoul or something. I have not anyway, seen it. It's, it's a good picture, and he's done several other pictures. Um, and uh, and uh, you know he's a big Korean director, and this was his first American movie. And you know he added some style. It was it was visually interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I just found that funny because I was like, oh, my God, now Arnold's Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the entryway into America for these guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm i glad that that movie was made because you needed to make an Arnold movie. Yeah. You know? I wish but more people had seen I, it. That's what I, exactly what I was going to say. It, I it, wish it, that it would have done better. It's actually a fun picture. Yeah. Like, I did not mind it at all. Right. Okay, well... 
in that vein, just very briefly, because I know that was supposed to be our last one, and it's gonna be, it, it will be our last full one. Um, I don't remember if I talked about it before or not, but The Expendables 2, speaking of Arnold, yeah. um, I watched The Expendables 2. Now, again, I don't remember if I talked about this before, so if I did, I apologize, listeners, but I really liked The Expendables 1, yeah, because it was so goofy and fun and blah, 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 right? Yeah. Expendables 2... Not so much. No? They got so much more self-aware, and it got so much more, we have to just cram all this shit in there because people think that we should. Like, the Chuck Norris character was completely and totally unnecessary. Yeah. It was just to get him in there. The Schwarzenegger character well, was, was only... He was the first one, right? He was, briefly. Briefly. But, and I understand what his character was, and I got it, totally. He plays the same character uh-huh. in the in the second one. But he was only there to deliver these quote-unquote Arnold lines. Right. And he kept saying stuff like, I'll be back and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's so shoehorned in. Yeah. You know, it was just like annoying. Mm. And uh, I was disappointed because I went, Expendables 1 was fun, you know? Yeah. Expendables 2 was not. Mm. You know, and... It's hard to hit that lightning twice. And it wasn't directed by Stallone. Maybe that was the problem. Yeah. Because maybe he got it. Who was it? It was, um... Was it Simon West? That was that was the name that came to my mind. I just wasn't it, sure. It might have been. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't Stallone. I think it might have been Simon West. But anyway, it was just, it didn't have like the fun factor of right. the first one. Or and there was too much of it or yeah, something? It was, it was trying to right. get there, but it didn't. Yeah. And like I said, every there was a lot of stuff that was super forced. Yeah. You know, and I was just well, like... Well, even the first one kind of felt that way sometimes. See, the first one to me felt like those guys were just sort of having fun, clowning around a little bit, yeah. whatever. But the second one was really forced. Mm. And it was like, ah, guys, come on, damn it, this was a good, you know, <laughs> this was good and you fucked it up, you know? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I just wanted to mention that uh, Expendables 2, no thank you. I was Fair disappointed. Enough. I was disappointed, you know? <laughs> But anyway, okay, so I guess that's our show. That's our show. Where can people find us? They sir? can email us at canyoufbi at gmail.com. And they can go on our Twitter, which is at canyoufbi. There you go. And that's it, I think. No, our Facebook page. We, we still have people that like our Facebook page, I think. Indeed. Which I forget to update, which is my fault, but I do forget. Yeah, yeah. Now, most of the time, the only updates on there are, are there's another one coming. There, yeah. Well, that's my own. That's my own fault. And now, me and Phil were discussing this earlier today, not on the podcast, but we are going to actually try to upgrade the podcast experience for everyone out there. So, this is kind of a promise, not promised yet, but we're definitely going to step the game up a little bit. 2013, baby. So when it happens, we'll let you. We'll know. let we'll you give know you the details, and it'll be a big. It if it works out the way we want it to, it'll be a. Should be a pretty big deal for us, at least. Indeed. And then also, on the heels of that, my movie's not out yet. <laughs> but keep in mind, because Indeed. when it does didn't come... You, didn't you say it was like going to take most of the summer to right, film? To finish, yeah. But just I want everybody to keep this in mind, because for two reasons. Because, for one, the, vi- the films that this guy has made, that is making this one, are good. They're not bad. You know, they're not these stupid, like, amateurish, really, ooh, whatever... They're good. And for another thing, helping him out, that does help me out because maybe I'll be in another one. There you go. And they're not going to cost you any money. It's kind of like the podcast. You yeah. go and you look at it, you watch it, and you just, the cost to you is feedback. So I want you to keep that in mind, even though it's not happening yet. Okay. All righty then. 
Check out sorpfilms.net. That's where he is. All right. It's S-O-R-P films.net. Okay. All right. Well, if that's everything, take us out, Phil. Can you fucking believe it? I had the last stand here. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs>